Okay, hey, welcome back to PJ's Son Podcast. Just chilling out in the basement with the wife. Hi, Alicia. Hello. You guys remember her from our road tripping episode that uh, apparently I talked to some of the guys and they said that was fun. It was like, you know, just a family in a vehicle going to vacation, just talking shit. Yeah. So apparently that was good. So good job. Yeah. You got 5,000 followers now. Woo! Um, do you like the new equipment? Was it worth it? All my all my pain in the ass about getting new equipment. It's much better than the phone, you got to admit. I mean, I don't really care about all that. It's just you're down here a lot and out of my hair. So, yeah, I love it. So you would have paid double <laughs> what the original <laughs> price was. Nice. Well, good. See, things are going great around the master's house. The kids are gone this weekend. They are with their mother, so it is just Alicia and I, and Echo, of course, is down here. Everybody knows Echo, but when Mommy's around, he just lays underneath her chair and doesn't bark or do anything, so you probably won't hear much out of him, which will be a first for PJ's son's podcast because he always likes to interrupt. So we figured um, we just watched a, a show... I was telling you guys about, oh, hold on. Remind me to go back to what we just did a minute ago. We're not going to go far into detail because of my guest coming up. I need to talk to you guys and apologize a little bit. When I did the Masters Boys episode, okay, I'm sorry. When I went back and did the next one, the country, country, boys, city, something, I thought that the Masters Boy episode was like the day before when I went to the museum with all those people, Alicia, I completely almost repeated myself on a different, on another podcast. And I feel like such an idiot. Wow. Shocker. Shut up, dude. I, I was just, I was doing kind of a post show, you know, mm -hmm. I did the pre-show on that Friday where I went and met the guys and, and we went through the whole thing. And then, uh, after the actual concert, came down and thought, I just didn't remember that I had told that story. I thought it was like, tomorrow I'll be going to meet up with these guys, and I don't really know what to expect, but I'm really looking forward to it, which I was. But it, it happened to, like, I totally fucked up. So my bad for making everybody listen to that again. But there were different angles about it, so I'm sure it wasn't exactly the same, you know? I mean, I'm just going to say this. Don't. The, the people that listen to you, they're going to have to get used to hearing you repeat yourself. Yeah, I mean, and forget. Just part of who you are, babe. And then I was I was talking about um, I, how I started watching Steve Ranella and like hunting videos because it's hunting time, and then completely just blanked. Luckily, Cash came downstairs, and so he and I started rapping on here, which it was really fun to do with him, but... Um, Guys, the, the point of that whole charade was just about getting back outside and doing stuff like that. I was going nowhere with it as per usual uh, when I start talking. Who knows where it's going to go? But I totally just forget stuff, and it's a real bummer. But So my bad for making you guys sit through that again. I hope maybe I said something uh different at least because there's no way i repeated myself verbatim because i do not have the mental capacity to do that but my bad dude hang in there with me and it'll happen more and then we can just laugh at me about it it's cool 
what did you since we haven't talked to you in a while what did you think about that the concert itself like the show and the whole thing it was really touching i mean it, it was it was an emotional night um i mean just listening to i mean i think almost every veteran well the whole the whole museum's motto is every veteran has a story right and right. and they do whether they saw com combat or not everybody it seemed like that they interviewed had kind of some heavy stuff happen and um the, the police officer who was shot and paralyzed and it, it was it was very emotional it, it, domestic know, violence too yeah. you know yeah um but it, i personally i thought it was was pretty neat like for his song had um had more of a spiritual message to it and i and there was a few people who who had spiritual messages in, in their songs and their stories. And, you know, I, I always think that's pretty neat. But um, I thought it was awesome. It was it was really well put together. And, the, um, you know, the, the singer-songwriters were very talented. And I just I think for the veterans, even like the, some of the older, the older ones, I thought it was really cool for them to get to share their story while they're still here and yeah. have their loved ones, you know, hear a song written about them and stuff. I thought that was really, for sure, really cool. And I probably said this already, too, but I, as a matter of fact, I don't know if I did because I think I wanted to, but I, I went off on some other tirade somewhere. But, like, the few people that talked to me afterwards about the addiction stuff when yeah. they got home, too. You know, that one couple we were talking to, he yeah. said his last drink was in, like, 1993, and wow. his, his wife was like, you know, it is tough, but generally when you guys can get through all that stuff, you know, you're all right guys yeah. or however she worded it but it was it was pretty cool to know that like because i think the idea we all had was let's tell this story about the war and it's like that's one thing and i i, per, I totally agree with that and understand it and it makes total sense to me of course but again man my shit started when i got home so i don't know why and i said this on the last one i know the last podcast for sure um i don't know why i always jump to that thing but it's like my identity for so long and still in a big way is the Marine Corps. And then, but then like that second chapter was the, the addiction and all that shit mm -hmm. that went with it. You don't mm -hmm. know, you don't know anything about that. Cause you didn't have to, mm -mm. You, didn't have to <laughs> you didn't have to live through it like I did. But, um, so I don't know why I jumped on that one right away, but those dudes, they just seemed to like that it, we picked up. It was just like a yeah. natural thing real quick. So. Well, and two, like, that's something that, the kids know, I mean, that there was things going on that weren't really, I mean, I think kids are in a situation and they don't realize, especially their own parents, and I'm not talking about just our kids and right. kids that are in maybe unhealthy situations or where there's some struggles and they don't realize it because that's their normal. But I think they kind of, you know, kind of started figuring some things out maybe and we've really shielded the kids from knowing a lot about your history and you kept saying, you know, when they get older, you know, I'll talk to them more. But now it's it's kind of out in the open. You, As they get older and they're learning about drugs at school, they have a big D.A.R.E. program yeah. um, in fifth grade. So so they, they're aware of things. And so now that you don't really you're very honest with them about things. And so for them to hear that song and it actually even talked about them, you know, the oldest, yeah. she got very emotional. Yeah. Was crying and like she's proud of you and so, I don't know yeah, that, yeah. that was uh, that was really really special too. The trip that she said was I'm sorry you had to go through that, and I'm like I want you to know right now I am not the victim here. 
You know, like, I don't want this to thing to be like, oh, because of the war, because of the Marine Corps, fuck that. It had nothing to do with that. I made these decisions on my own. You're going to make some decisions on your own and just know that, like, you know, all these decisions are important and they have very lasting consequences. And so, um, you know, as you well know, I it's not 100 percent honesty yet because they're not ready for that level. Sure. But I mean, when they get to the point that they want to start asking real questions, I'm going to give them real answers. Cause that's just the only thing I know how to do, man. And I figure if I educate them and they can see my fuck ups, maybe they won't. They'll be like, look, man, my old man's an all right dude, but he was telling me about this stuff and it is not cool. You know? So that, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I have probably said too much to them at a young age or whatever, but I just don't know how else to do it. I mean, it was just such a big part of your life, our life, that I think it would almost be unfair to hide that from right. them because, you know, maybe that'll help them understand why things were the way they were yeah. at certain times. I, I don't, you know, who knows what they remember, right. don't remember, but, right. you know, they've been through some stuff. They they were involved in all of it. Our whole household was. So, I mean, I, sure. think, I think it's good for them to know, like, you know, kids sometimes, you know, it you know, you know, kids that, that are like, not in your situation, but it's my fault. My parents got divorced yeah. or it's my fault. Dad was mad at this or my, you know, and mm -hmm. for them to, you know, to maybe understand like dad was going through something. It wasn't like that we were just doing things wrong or whatever. If you know, it, it affected them in any kind of way. It, I think as they get older too, will help them maybe understand some things. Yeah. Well, and just like many kids' situations and family situations, it's not just in this house, and I don't go into any of that stuff, but Correct. it's not just in this house that right. they have other obstacles and, and mm -hmm. things, you know, hurdles to jump and shit. And, and yeah, that is life, but we all want our kids to have this picture-perfect, pain-free, just fun, happy time. And, it I mean, unfortunately, it can't always be mm -hmm. Silver Dollar City. You know, it'd be cool if it was, but it just mm -hmm. can't. So it's like... Well, you had a verse in the song too. I liked yours. I I I kind of had to have that one. I'm like, yeah, we got to talk about this one, dude. I told her to leave. She wouldn't. Yeah, you you Stubborn you didn't mule. even just tell me to leave. Your actions yeah. were were telling me to For leave. Sure. And um, you know, as you were saying that the the veteran that came up to you and told you about his story, you know, with drinking and everything, his wife came up to me and said, you know, I've been in your shoes and, you know, I'm glad that you stuck it out. It does get better. And so we talked for a little bit. That was pretty neat. And, you know, I was telling her that um, it, it, it's not like I was hold, held like hostage or anything. It was I was in this situation. I had known you previously mm -hmm. and I had just known that. I don't know. I just felt very strongly that, yes, you had some problems, but you were very worthy of love. And I wanted um, I just wasn't ready to give up on you. And, and a lot of people, I mean, in, in the independent, strong, single person, I was single 10 and a half years before you, like I was very content, but there was, it, it, yes, of course it was a choice, but it almost felt like it wasn't. I don't know how to explain that. That's my, but, that's my but, power. But staying with you and like <laughs> trying to help you, I was, you know, I know I'm like, a, I'm a fixer and I like to make things yeah. better, but this was more than that. There was you and the children and, and, and me. And, uh, um, I don't know. I told, and I know that you're not the most religious person, but, and I'm not either, but I felt like in that time of my life, I didn't really have much else to hold on to. And I, I did kind of found my faith, um, through, through all of that. And 
Um, you did back then? That's when I found my faith really? more. I mean, I've, I've had situations here and there, but that's where I really relied on it um, because I was one of those people that relied on my, my faith when things were the absolute worst. Right. And I had had some things happen before that, you know, some years before that that yeah. were pretty terrible, traumatic. And then that situation, because I remember this one time, like it was the night, it was the night before you went to rehab that first time. And I've only been once. Uh, oh well, yeah. Right? Well, yeah, but you relapsed. You didn't go to rehab. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just, <laughs> I had, I had known that you went to go get drugs. I just knew it. And I, and, yeah. and I didn't leave. I was so angry and so upset. I didn't even know what to do. I grabbed my Bible. I don't even think I grabbed my purse and like, left and i went to this park and overlooked the i don't even know if it was the river or what and yeah, i'm like re i didn't even know what i was doing i'm like reading my bible and like to me i don't know like it just felt I, that's not something i would even normally do it was my grandma's bible that i got after she passed away it was just something i it was always in her room and so i put it in my room i didn't even know how to read it because it was the old version or whatever that's yeah. called but i grabbed it anyway and the very next morning is when we got the call that you got into that rehab in florida so mm. it's like I kept getting signs, in, in my opinion, like something was holding me there. And yes, I loved you and I knew you were worthy of love and I love the kids and all of that stuff. But there was something more. And and I think that I, I really think that I was put in that position not only to help you, but to help myself. Because if if you got, you know, you got healed and, and, and you got better, then I was going to get what I wanted out of life. And I was going to have a partner and have love, too. So. It was, um, I don't know, some, something gave me the strength to keep fighting, to, to stay there longer than what I know I would have normally, because that wasn't me. To, normally, I would look for any little thing and, like, peace out. That's what you call searching at the bottom of a barrel. <laughs> All right, folks, well, it was good talking to you. I'm going to go fucking punch myself in the face again. We didn't come down here to bag on. No, this no, is good. No, no, no. I know you. you're not. not and this all. is exactly what, like, parts of this is exactly what I want. Because, like I say, when the kids are down here, if there's another kid or if there's another wife that, you know, I hope someday is listening to this and, and maybe their husband. Like, you know, I, I hope that so many other people, whether it's the man with the problems or the woman with the problem, but their their spouse, I hope so many people can hear this and go like, if there's a chance and you can work on this thing and you know something about your partner, sometimes it fucking works out well. And it has for us for years. So, I mean, you know, I, that, that's my goal with this. Obviously, you yeah. know, is just like help people. It, it wasn't that I didn't, it's not that I did anything. I mean, I was there, but I, I kind of allowed a lot of stuff to happen or I like pushed it under the rug or swept it under the rug or I didn't want to believe it. So, yeah, but I uh, used a lot of strategies and tactics and mental health to get away with yeah, my behavior. I didn't really know a lot about PTSD until you. I mean, I had heard of it. Of course. But I didn't know. And so nobody did, though. In the beginning, I thought that a lot of time now that I know you were withdrawing, actively withdrawing a lot. And, yeah. and like during the night and stuff. And I yeah. just assume that's what PTSD right. is. That's what that does. That's why he can't sleep in this room. That's why this. What? You know, well, that was by design. That's what I wanted because yeah, then, no. because then you would find out my secret. Mm -hmm. And as you know, our as addicts, our, our secret is the only thing we've got left. So like you, it's fucking weird how hard, how much you will do to hold on to that secret. Cause once I'm busted, 
now it's out and yeah. I got to fix it or else I lose, you know, all this mm-hmm. other shit. So that was, that was by design, but yeah, uh, Alicia started. So she is a very smart person and, um, far, far smarter than me. And so what she did was start researching and, uh, it was all to help me and to benefit me and her and the kids and our life and our relationship and all that shit. But she ended up learning more about me than I know about me. And it was like, <laughs> fuck, man, I shouldn't have said anything at all. But mm-hmm. that's exactly what I needed. And so when you say that you didn't do anything indirectly, your um, your support, yes, I kept things going way too long and all that stuff. But I've said it a bunch of times, you not giving up was yeah. was the was like what I need. I need someone to fucking fight for me. That's what I've always said. Like mm-hmm. someone care about me. I'm not talking about my mom, of course, like my sure. sister, but somebody fucking care about me enough to like care about me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, can you please? Yeah. And so when you did and then I mean, I will say though, I did enable you absolutely. a little bit. You know, because I came in like wanting to fix everything and helping financially and then this and then that and then taking care of the kids like oh my gosh he's got these problems he's got ptsd so i'm getting up with the kids right. and i'm doing all these things that a girlfriend and then a step well i wasn't a st- we didn't get married till after you were clean but things that probably weren't normal because i was feeling like very helpful and very yeah, you yeah. know it made me feel good and then it probably prevented you from maybe changing a little earlier than maybe you yeah. could have maybe We've got another but. year coming up soon. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean the twenty first. Yeah. I know. I know. But I don't know what that was. I, I honestly I can't explain that. What I said to you in the car about I quit. I I don't have like there wasn't a thing. You didn't say in Doc Shapiro's office like I'm gonna leave you. Not to you. You didn't. Well, thanks. No. No, no. I'm kidding, dude. I'm kidding. And folks, we can joke about this because it is such a big part of our yeah. life, and we have to. Because if it's always serious and it's always depressing and it's always like exactly what addiction is, it's a shitty, nasty, terrible thing that ruins lives and families and everything else. If if we didn't veer off and try to make here's Echo with his bone. If we didn't if we didn't kind of joke just ourselves, um, then I don't know what would happen, but we this is the way that we handle it. So um but in Shapiro's office, you never yeah, I mean, you never told me, you never gave me an ultimatum. What you did say, didn't you say, um, I love you and, and I'll always love you and those kids, but I can't watch you kill yourself or something like that? Something to that effect. Because I will well, say, that's doc- what I remember. Dr. So that's um, Shapiro, I don't think we would be married. We would Absolutely be sitting here not. without Dr. Shapiro no. and without Chris Figueroa. There, no. There's no way. Those two people... There's no, there's no, and the list goes on, but yeah, yeah, but those two like created a lot of things, and Dr. Shapiro was really helpful for me and my security. He's coming in soon. Yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait. Um, but what I didn't say to you is, so we had just moved into a different house. Um, sorry, our dog is chewing his bone, Mm -hmm. but we had just moved into a different house, and we're in this lease together. And financially, I was pretty much the one on the hook. Oh, dude, I was at Home Depot killing it for ten bucks an hour. You were, but (laughs) things were getting worse and not better after your rehab and stuff. And so I, this was probably a Sunday. I, I don't know what you were at work or something, and I was just sitting there and I was like thinking. 
my game plan. I always had a plan B sure. in life. Still I think do. everyone everyone yeah, should. You absolutely. know, as Trish calls it, the fuck you fun. Yeah, but it's real. You know, like if something happens, you got to be ready to take care of yourself. It's real, yeah. But um, I was thinking, you know, what am I going to do? And I'm like, I I love these kids. I love him. I I can't do this because I have been around a lot of people with addiction. Mm-hmm. Some just, you know, I just knew the reality. Not a lot of the percentage of people that I knew really changed or got better. And so I knew that I couldn't just just sit there and watch it. Yeah. So I was literally like thinking in my head what I was going to do to get out of our lease. Like, this is what's going to happen. And I was figuring out my game plan. I didn't say it to anyone out loud. I didn't give you the ultimatum, but it was it was time coming. Huh? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, this was like Saturday or Sunday. And it was like that week at Tuesday, Wednesday at Dr. Shapiro's. Really? When. Yeah. Wow. When you said to me and it was like wow, I didn't even have to give the ultimatum because you did it yourself. Like, Yeah, but how much did you believe me? I mean, really? I mean, no words way. are just words, sure. right? I mean, with anything. Like, sure. You know, you got to show somebody through actions. Yeah. Really. And so I was just like, yeah, okay, but... But I had given you a ton of reasons in the past to not believe But me. usually when you were coming to me about saying things like that, it was when, like, I was mad at you or you right. got caught or yeah. you were scared I was going to leave. This, yeah. this really wasn't that. It no. was just after a session. And I wasn't even, you know, you were in the ses- sessions privately. I would just kind of wait in the car or yeah. whatever. I just It was drive, very non-confrontational. Yeah. I remember that. And then uh, you came in and said that. And I'm like, okay. And then I went back to work. and Yeah. And then that's when you left a week later. And and, and then you weren't going to go on the uh, the Odyssey, the Project Odyssey they wanted to send you right. on. That's where I was like, oh, yeah, that was all bullshit. Because you were already, like, coming up with reasons yeah, why already backing out. you couldn't go. For sure. That was yeah. the fucking, I, I mean, I know that I had that made up in my mind. And usually that's all it takes. Like if I have it made, it's done already. You know, I mean, there's a lot of work to do, but like I'm going to go do it. But um, when they called me for that Odyssey, the Wounded Warrior Project, um, they had to know their biggest thing. And I was very open about my drug use was that I was not going to go down to the woods. Pretty sure I've already said this and um, uh, withdraw. Right. Because they don't have the medical. You can't fucking deal with some guy in the <clears> woods withdrawn. It's like you could die. Um, and but I was like a couple weeks or whatever out. Like by the time we were going to leave for that, I would have been way past the point of dying from withdrawal. You know, so like they were cool with they. I don't know if they really wanted to take me for that medical reason, you know, um, but they did. And I don't even know what happened down there. We didn't have some like sit around the fire chant thing and and you know some ayahuasca trip that made me uh, open a new dimension and and find what I really wanted in life it was just being outside and like being a part of something and when we were hiking up the mountain to go rappel back down it taking the rope from a dude and like you know obviously you and the kids relied on me and stuff like that but I needed to feel it from a different angle I think and so just being out in the woods for that five days or what like something weird it was something weird, but I came home like, yeah, rejuvenated. You called me one night from there, and um. Oh yeah, we went to the we went to town to that gas station. Yeah, you called me, and in just the things you were saying, I could I definitely could tell a shift. Like I noticed it. You know, you were apologizing, and you were very genuine with things that 
it was because the genuine you I would only get glimpses of. Yeah. Honestly, you know, throughout well, those was, couple years. And that was like, wow, you know, and yeah, I believed it. But I also kept my guard up. You got sure. home because you went to rehab before and you came home and were worse than you ever were. I mean, well, your not dad for, died. I did a few, and, few months good, right? Uh, I don't remember. It wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. <laughs> it wasn't for very sure. long. No. Um, and, and then it was just, uh, so anyway, so I kept my guard up and was just kind of w- almost waiting for it because I'm, I'm learning about myself in general. Like I always assume the worst so that I'm prepared, which I'm learning that if, if I'm a God fearing woman, like I want to be, then you're, you're supposed to not do that. You're supposed to just always have your faith and your hope and your trust in, in, in God and, and the good situation to happen and not the worst, but that's not how my brain operates. So I was kind of just waiting because, you know, I had family members and other people very close to me um, who were the complete opposite. So I'm like, Oh yeah, whatever, here we go. It's just another person blowing smoke, you know, and, and, but you, you definitely proved it. And very quickly. Well, I doubt God would want you to get fucked around much longer by a drug addict like me either. You know what I'm saying? So I get where you're coming from with that. But like, as far as your faith is concerned, I think it's also still a good idea to be like, have your guard up and be protected from getting hurt over and over and over by a drug addict. Well, yeah, I think it's just, (coughs) it's just about being smart, you know, and not, you know, because now, um, you know, I think the, I mean, every marriage has its highs and lows and, you know, that's just going to be part of, I think, in our whole life. It's something, you know, our whole marriage, it's it's going to take work and effort and, t- you know, it's just in any relationship. And I am finding that there will be things, and as you know, that will um, kind of put me back to eight years ago, nine, ten, whatever. I hear you. I can, you know, I and so because yeah. of things that had happened and it'll, like, strike something yeah. and I'll get very defensive with you and it'll cause stuff because back then I didn't verbalize concerns or issues. I kind of just, I don't know. I felt like, Oh my God, I don't, it was weird. It was like, you were scared. I was going to leave you, but I also felt that same thing because you know, it was like you were hiding secrets from me. And it's like, I found somebody that I really truly love, which never happened, right? you know? And so I was kind of scared to lose you too. And so I kind of let things go. And now like when things come up, I like, I don't know. It's, you said that um, it changed quick, mm-hmm. like after after all that, you know, like I made up my mind after all that. Mm-hmm. I preach people, places and things, as you know, in my yeah. in, in Alicia and I's personal life. And, you know, if I'm talking to somebody or, or definitely on this podcast, but that that really did work for me. Right. I think so. OK, because I was hoping I didn't make it up all these years, but like. You know, you were there, unfortunately. I had to not be a part of some very important people in my life. Well, I think that's why you relapsed so quick the first time. Absolutely. Because it was family members. I mean, it wasn't... And very close friends. Right. Anyway. Yeah, well, people that were like your family. But yes. Right. Um, So that... And and that's really hard, you know. And Doc Shapiro helped us a lot. Not that I want to talk about his personal life, but he he gave us examples of things in his own life. Mm -hmm. That he, you know, and so hearing somebody that you respect so much, if they did it, I can do it. And and I didn't believe that I didn't believe you were going to be able to change your people, places and things because of just your life and the way you grew up. My fucking mom. You know, I I just still feel weird. Weird talking about that. I know. 
Um, Me too. And, and that's the part where I guess I worry for the kids more, but that's not our. Sure. Yeah. You know, but because she was such an amazing person, I don't want to. No, no, I know. And this you whole know, thing isn't yeah. isn't designed to disrespect my mom in any way, shape, no, or no, form. No, no, but I haven't even told a lot of that. Yeah. But and I will. It just hasn't come up organically or whatever. But um yeah, it is it has nothing to do with that. Again, it's a learning experience and it's hopefully helpful. And there's somebody out there going through that. And yeah. all I want them to do is say, like, I can do this, you know. I I forgot that Doc Shapiro had kind of let us in. Um, mm-hmm. on some situations that he had to go through mm-hmm. and and like now that you say that I remember that being so huge for me because yeah. like like even in rehab you know I would raise my hand and go hey I know you guys are talking about like people places and things but what if these people are family and they're like what what if what what and they would look at you like what's the question you're asking and I'm like well I can't like I'm talking about my mom and they're like okay you have to change your people, places, and things. What's your question? I'm like, right. I, I can't not talk to my mom. And they're like, do you use with your mom? I'm like, unfortunately, yes. I'm like, well, then you're either going to continue to be an addict with your mom or you have to make that. And it was like, fuck, man. They were so um, just kind of raw and, and yeah. like straight up about it. I'm like, it's my fucking mom you're talking about. You know, mm-hmm. but I had to realize that on my own. It was... And this is still the best decision I ever made was it was like either my family, me, you and those kids or my family, my mom and other. And it's like, I mean, you know, you you guys, I've told you my dad and all that shit wasn't there for me. I just I I wasn't going to repeat that again, man. It's been it's been a repetition in my family for generations. As far as I've heard, Um, I haven't looked into it too much because I really don't give a fuck. But I I had already done enough. I had already uh, became my dad in so many ways that I was kind of unaware, not unaware of, but I really didn't look at it until I started seeing clearly. But I was doing the exact same shit to my kids and soon to be wife that my dad did. And so it was just like it was it. It's a no brainer looking at it now. But at the time, that was a fucking tough one, man. And when we had to reschedule Thanksgiving that one time, like, Mm -hmm. you know. So um, we're supposed to be going out to see my mom for Thanksgiving, Alicia and I and the kids. I was, I don't know how far out, not that far. I was still very. Um, you were very new because it was September, new. right? And yeah, because I was in November? rehab. Well, I no, was no. in rehab for Christmas, remember? That was the year before, though. You officially became clean September 21st. Of 16, right? Right. And then November okay. was two months later. Okay. So that was the very first holiday. Right. And Since so, being completely sober. <coughs> oh, okay. All right. And, but and you had had a conversation. I mean, you no, you yeah. talked to your mom. I was very honest. Pretty, pretty and she was yeah. so receptive to it. You know, she mm-hmm. wanted the best for me. She, it's not like you know, she didn't want me to like come down. She wanted to be better herself. I know, but yeah. you know, like, so um, I call her and just check in, and I could just hear it in her voice, and things didn't sound great. And I said, uh, you know, do we need to reschedule? And she said, would that be okay? And it breaks my fucking heart to talk about it, man, because like, you know, but but I respect her so much for doing that for us because yeah. had we showed up, I can't explain it to the kids. I don't want right. to explain it to anybody. Yeah. But it's like that would have been a really shitty fucking Thanksgiving. And I'm just right. so grateful and respect. I respect her for doing yeah. that for us 
so much, you know? You know, it really sucked about that day, that whole thing. But then your sister calling me, like his family and even friends would like, almost because I think they were involved in certain things or things were normal to them that they would like go through me to, it was like, what's going on? Why, why aren't you bringing like whatever side I was supposed to bring? Yeah. And I'm like, because <clears throat> Dom talked to your mom and she was like playing, like she had no idea what I was talking yeah. about. And maybe she didn't <clears throat> like, maybe your mom didn't tell her any of that, but I was just like, like, why am I getting pulled? Like, you know, right. I don't know. I yeah. just felt like, like, I feel like I was always made to look like it was my fault or right. I did something. And I'm like, I, I'm just kind of along for the ride, like being supportive yeah. because I would have had no idea probably yeah. if we went and your mom wasn't sober. Like, I don't know that I would have even really known that, right. that that conversation was even going on between the two of you. If you didn't tell me. I would have. And that's why I chose to not like, no way. You know, I was still yeah. way too new, way too early, way too everything. To yeah. But remember, we took the kids and we got donuts and I don't know what whatever we did. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Was but I, um, you know, I talk about the, with the people, places and things, you know, the places you go. Us moving across that river like now. Every every other street in our new neighborhood, <clears throat> I don't know somebody that lives there and I can't go down there. And this is a tough one to say, because I've said this in a couple of group when I went and talked over it, Scott and stuff like that, but that's a tall order to ask anybody to just up and move. Right. I mean, like that's a fucking difficult thing to do. And without you, it would never have happened. So, I mean, forget that. But I mean, how do you, how do people change their places if they can't, if you live in some town in the middle of Kentucky Mm -hmm. And the next place to move is 200 miles. I don't, I'm just throwing an example out there, but yeah. like if the next place is some other little fucking town that you don't know anybody and how, I mean, how do you, this, I'm not asking you, I'm just saying, this is the big question. Like, how do you navigate that? Well, say you can't move, say you have whatever tying you down there, good or bad. And it's like, you can't get out of there. It's a fucking problem. And I don't know, you know, I just, I hope if, uh, if anything, you can just figure something out. But yeah, man, sometimes saying it to yourself is what needs to be done and, and kind of committing to it and all that other stuff. So, all right, well, we'll get off of me for a little while. It was a fun trip down memory lane. I almost <laughs> cried for the first time on my podcast. Folks, that will happen. I guarantee it, but mm -hmm. not tonight. I almost got it when I was talking about calling my mom and almost got me because it was a tough yeah. day. I hated that fucking conversation yeah. so much. But again, I respected her. You know, and and there's one too. Like, if there are people around and and they are using, or they might just not be the best influences for you. If they continue to try to draw you in, instead of go, hey man, get the fuck. Uh, what was it? Um, the Goodwill Hunting when he's like, if I see you here tomorrow, you know, they knew their buddy had so much. Go get the fuck away from me. So. It sucks, man, because people that are our friends and, and, and they are good people. Don't get me wrong, man. A lot of these people that um, I'm talking about here um, are very good people. And I know that about them and and they are worth it and they deserve a second chance. And I hope they're all getting one um, because the, these drugs and shit, they they make really good people make very bad decisions and um 
you know, nothing that they would be proud of, but <clears throat> I hope the best for everybody. And, and I try to be there to help and stuff, but sometimes you got to make decisions, man. And it's a tough one to make, but you got to do what's best for you and your kids and your wife or your husband or whoever's involved, you know? So let's get off of that one. So, um, and we'll get back to it. And again, write some comments on Spotify or anything. If you want me to talk about some shit, I will, I will tell you anything that I can without, uh, any kind of security or anything like that to my family. I don't give a fuck. I want to be transparent with you guys. Like I've said from the jump and, and I want to continue to do that because I think it might be able to help somebody. So, uh, keep sending me comments and uh, you know, let me know if there's something you want me to talk about. I, I have one thing like Please. talking about that because like, I remember like the Thanksgiving and that was just one, uh, one situation like how in it was like the kids or people around the kids who were kind of on the outside who didn't really know everything because again, we're not going to talk bad about our mom who we really love. Yeah. Like, we're the we're the a-holes like why aren't you taking us to see grandma why aren't you so it's like the kids were mad at you and me like yeah. stuck up alicia yeah, yeah, yeah. you know because alicia's never had a drug problem and so by that i became in to people in your family i really feel and maybe some friends too like i was the stuck up bitch just because i've never been addicted to drugs like i've had a lot of you crap were, in my life and you were the motherfucker for getting me better uh get you know helping me get a better life i that, i don't understand that either yeah and i never like i mean i don't feel like i ever judged anyone and, and maybe i did i don't know i'm very human. little if i'm at human all. but i i i try to give everybody grace and love and don't yeah. treat them any different but you know and that and that's fine i've you know but in this situation you're talking about helping other people like and I still don't know how we did it. Like, I think the kids just saw like how we were and how much we loved them and that we were good. We didn't have to explain to them, even though there was other people. And even still to this day, people will say things to them about us. Like, well, I can't believe you don't do this or you don't do that. And it's like, yeah. they're not stupid now, but back then that was hard. Yeah. You know, like, what do you say to your kids? Why we can't go see grandma? Because you obviously can't say the truth when they're five, six, seven years old, but how is that fair to like we get to be the bad guys all the time? I don't know. We just know? made up that they weren't feeling good. Yeah. Which which yeah. wasn't abnormal, you know. My mom didn't mm -hmm. have the best of health. Um so that that wasn't and and sometimes it would be from for other reasons, you know, that she just didn't want to come around and and I got it. So that one was pretty easy to shake off. But there were some other ones that like but yeah, you were the motherfucker. It felt like to us. Now we could be we could be calling this game all wrong. I I understand that. And again, man, this can be with um, being successful or getting in shape or this can this this yeah. goes to all kinds of different things. People, you know, they get a little weird about watching you succeed. And when I say succeed, people, we are far from rich or any of that other stuff. Mm, not at all. We do well, and we're we're very happy, but. This is what I talk about when I mean my group of friends or my small circle of people I associate with. They're all people that go, oh, man, I, I, I benched 225 today. They're like, dude, fucking right, man. That's great progress. I know you haven't been able to do that forever, and that's awesome, man. Keep it up. Next next month, it'll be 230. Da, 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 da. Not, well, you fucking pussy. Why do you need, you know? And so it's got to do with surrounding yourself with good people sure. too yeah. in and out of sobriety. You know, it doesn't have to be about drugs. If, if you're, if you accomplish something and you get your welding certificate, 
And anybody, I'm not talking about joking, but if any of your buds are like, that's fucking stupid, that, I'd say kind of keep a little bit of distance because that's not good. But, you know, you make that judgment call yourself. But again, I've said it before too, man. Try to surround yourself with those positive people. It's good to be around uh, happy, productive people as much as you can be. We try anyways. So I told you guys already and barring any some kind of unforeseen circumstance we will have retired detective mike gromwich coming in this week and i am pumped talked to him on the phone the other day and like everybody else i i know i already said this but i'm talking to alicia now he was saying like um you know how i'm, I'm not that interesting and it's like you fucking just wait you know i you just watched him on tv that's what i'm saying <laughs> so i'm not going to go into it but i had to do my homework um, I started watching that stupid, uh, what the fuck, what was it called on Hulu? It was called, there's something about Pam or yeah. something to that effect. And it was her, the one Renee Zellweger did um, on. Uh, Pamela Hupp. On Pamela Hupp. But well, no, Renee played her character. Right, yeah. Um, I started watching that. It's like an eight part series and they're all an hour and a half long. And so Alicia had a good point. She was like, why don't you just watch the Dateline episode that Mike was on? So. That's what we just it did. It wasn't Dateline. Oh, uh, People fucking magazine. People magazine investigates. Investigates, It was on yeah. that ID. Um, Apple TV had it, but it was yeah. on the ID network or whatever. Yeah. So we just checked that out, and uh, I was just taking notes and doing a little homework and trying to prepare myself because, no, I don't want to be scripted, but I do when someone like Mike comes in with all of his... Um, do you want to let him out? You can if you want. Just set your headphones out. So we... The, our people are used to it by now. He always goes out. Um, when someone like Mike comes over or some of the other guests I got coming, I do want to be a little bit prepared, right? It's like I, I want to have something to say. So um, we were watching that, and I mean, what a fucking asshole that lady. Alicia, you're still you're still on air. Just let him out and come back in, bro. We're, we're live here. We're, we're live here, man. And now, like he always does, he's going to stand at the door story of our lives but i mean what an asshole that lady is and so you guys can all watch everything that i've seen and taken notes on in the in the hulu special or wherever it's at netflix i don't hulu i think but um i can't wait to get his take on it you know he's retired now so hopefully he'll have like some good insider stuff and i am just pumped to have him i Mm -hmm. think it's i think it's gonna be a lot of fun you're not gonna stay here for it I might. In the new studio? I mean, I'll be working, so maybe I'll sneak away and come listen a little bit. How do you like the studio? I mean, it's really nice. It's right in the middle, in the back of my gym. In the the back of your workout spot? I mean, it's my favorite place in the basement. Probably one of my favorite places in the house would be this but where, where can you visualize something like this happening? Because if we're going to do bedrooms on one side, we've already made up our decision, folks. We are keeping our gym. Come hell or high water, we are going to have our spot. So back there, I don't even know. It's got to get... Well, that uh, might be the weight area. When you move. You're, I don't know. I don't know. We need to have professionals come in here because I'm not really good at like floor plans and stuff. I mean, You're I not? I thought you would be. Me? I mean, who's good? Who's good at floor plans? Not me. Um, so anyway, I'm I'm pumped about Mike coming in. I'm pumped about Alicia buying me a new studio. <laughs> she she might just have to get like a storefront thing down by the 
grocery store and pay for that for me. Yeah, I might need a third job, I guess. I, I might need one, too. You watched my favorite comedian, Shane Gillis' stand-up special with me the other night. Yes, I did. What did you think? I know it was he's, good. Yeah? Yeah, I liked it. See, she liked it. I loved it. I think, and I and apparently he was uh, trending or whatever all you people say with something when it's popular, but he did great. Oh, I kind of, oops, I kind of threw you under the bus about your procedure the other day. How you feeling, bro? You talked about it on here? Oh my gosh. It's our life, dude. That's my life, not yours. You're a part of this thing. <laughs> okay, so I turned 45 and they changed the... Um, they changed the, uh, whatever, the, the screening criteria. For, it used to be age 50. You get your first colonoscopy, but they just changed it to age 45. And I have family history of stomach cancer. And I'm like, well, I'm 45. I might as well do it before the end of the year before our deductible starts over. And they're like, oh, well, we can get you in in less than two weeks. I'm like, oh, shoot. But, you know. Um, You're helping I, people. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm helping people. I help myself. It made me feel peace of mind to know I don't have to do it again for 10 years. So I working in the medical field, I really, yes, you need to take care of yourself and eat right and, um, you know, exercise and all of those things. But you should also keep up on the preventative things. You know, when doctors tell you at 45, get a colonoscopy at 35, get your baseline mammogram, do this, do that. I'm going to do those things because if you catch, and there's a lot of women my age and younger, um, and I'm sure it's from our food and stuff. Our friend and uh, my friend and I was just talking about this Friday, Julie, yeah. but how she knows a lot of people with colon cancer, young women. And I think it's the things in our food. And, and uh, luckily, colon cancer is one of like the most treatable cancers you can get if you catch it early. If. And people don't want to do it because the the prep is horrible. I mean, it's horrible. Yeah, you weren't happy. It, it's it's terrible. But like I was thinking, because like I remember watching my grandma, like at the end of her life, some of the things I was having to deal with for yeah. one night, she was having to deal with const on a right. consistent basis. Like who would want to live like that? that you know, and hers was to the point because I had heard that she was um, they thought that she had cervical cancer because her stomach was all bloated and and cervical cancer is another cancer that's very hard to um to diagnose because by time you have symptoms it's pretty much too late and so that's why women need to get their pap smears once a year and they need to get their mammogram I mean you need to do all of these things because if they catch it early then you know because she didn't have her colonoscopy that's what it was that right. when she was due I think you know I'm not saying that that would have solved anything but if they find something then you get it treated before hope the the hope is you you get it before it's stage three four and you can you know get it taken care of and so that's you know uh, now that I have a husband and and kids and a dog and a house like I want to live for as long as I can yeah at least do my part and trying to <clears throat> keep up on things well, this is how you're helping people, man. Somebody else might not be wanting to get that shit done. I can't yeah. wait to take a finger up my butt. Oh my you God. can check my prostate now. I am so ready to go do it like I've told you. I just want to know. I, I would rather it's know quick. It's not that bad. Like, I know. Put some KY on That's the That's what I'm saying. You know, I'm I mean, not even tripping on it, dude. Call me whatever you want. I want to know. Yeah. Earlier. I don't, I well, think, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not tripping on it. So, but I thought it was funny and you didn't shit yourself. Yay. No. I mean, not really. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get used to it, dude. I, I'm gonna talk about everything. 
Well, not no. every. Not the procedure every. itself, it's it's nothing to be afraid of. I mean, they put you out and you take a really nice nap. You don't feel a thing. And then when you wake up and hear the doctor tell you everything was great, it's like, okay, you know. And so everything that I had went through the night before and that morning, it kind of, I mean, it did. It made it worth it. We went and ate a good meal and I took a nice nap and it it's done for 10 years. So 10 I mean, years. Yeah. Right. Um, unless I would to have symptoms or something. But right. Yeah. Right. The, see, man, I mean, and that's 10 years you don't have to fucking worry exactly. about that Exactly, and I'm like, by then, hopefully technology is a little different where you don't have to drink stuff that tastes like sweat. Oh, yeah. that was the worst. Yeah, like, <laughs> I didn't but, think it tasted that bad, but I didn't. I only took a sip of it. I didn't have to drink. I mean, if you had, oh, my it. gosh. Like, I, ugh. Yeah. Anyway. I, I'll go for mine whenever they. It reminded me of peroxide, actually. I'm like, this tastes familiar, but what, like sweat. See, you yeah. said salt water, I think. I yeah, thought I remember you saying water. salt water. So mm -hmm. I, that's what I related it to. And I was like, eh, I unfortunately mm -hmm. drink more salt water than that. In my life. Why can't they make it taste better? I don't understand, but. I don't know. Anyway, it's over. What else have we done this weekend? Oh, we cleaned the house today. I got a bunch of uh, stuff done in the basement, just trying to clean up. For Mr. Growich when he comes over, so it looks somewhat amateur. We went to a beautiful wedding yesterday. We did go to a wedding yeah. out in the country. That was nice. It was really nice. They had, um, they had what are those little things? Muffins, cupcakes. They had cupcakes. they had cupcakes, and they did like the sweet and savory thing where it was almost like a yellow cake, but then it had whatever the icing was. Alicia said some kind of marshmallow. She's crazy, but it had bacon bits in it. So it was like those those caramel donuts with bacon on them, and it was killer. Mm -hmm. And then they fucked around and did the wedding cake, and it had the one had bacon bits in it too. It was phenomenal. Yeah. So our friend was the mother of the bride, and so she was you know busy walking around doing all her you know mother of the bride duties. And she was telling us we were talking about the cupcakes, and she was like, "Yeah, they got fourteen dozen. I can't believe they got this much." And then later on, she comes to the table, and when she went to go get a cupcake, they were all gone. Busted. Like, oh, shoot. 14 dozen wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah. That's all we were worried about. I felt about bad because I think between us, we had three. I'm not going to lie. We did. I well, I mean, I had one and a half, like oh. one and a bite of one, and then you had one and the rest of that one. And I had a piece of cake. Two pieces. You did. No, because didn't I bring two pieces over for us to eat? I don't know. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I only tried a bite. I, you know, a cake with bacon. I like bacon, but I don't really like it in dessert. I was surprised. I was yeah. I was happily surprised. Is that the way you say it? Sure. I mean, I've had chocolate covered bacon, like at this trendy like art yeah. gallery party. I'm like, eh, you know, but that would work too. Hey, why did you go into broadcasting? I I wanted to ask you about that because you are good on like you can tell that you have. I mean, I'm a professional at this, so of course I'm good on the mic. But like you can, you can tell that you have done that before. Why? What made you go to broadcasting school when you were young? Well, when I was a, when I was a kid, I used to um, I like to read commercials, like in magazines. I would like to read ads out loud, and I always thought that like being a voiceover artist. I don't know why I never followed this, but I really wanted to do I voiceover work. Get back into it. Voiceover work, I thought would be really like in that show we were watching, like the yeah. with Mike. Yeah. You know, like those um those investigative shows and the crime right. stories. Like I wanted to be the voice, like telling the story. I thought that would be really cool. I always loved to read and read aloud and stuff when I was you younger. Still do. And then um in my twenties, I dated a guy who was into freestyle motocross and I got really into it. I thought it was awesome. And he thought he was gonna be like 
you know, a famous athlete. And I'm like, well, then I'm going to do the broadcasting side right. of it. And, and that's when it was like picking up. And I, anyway, I just really wanted to work in action sports. But living here in St. Louis, mainstream is pretty much all there was, you know, baseball, yeah. football, hockey. And I'm like, eh, I'm not really in. I mean, I, I love baseball. I work in baseball. But um, I wasn't really interested in, in broadcasting for that. But anyway, they, we had a broadcast school. It's no longer here. It was called the Broadcast Center in St. Louis. There was some um, TV personalities and radio personalities who were the instructors. So it was like, I think it was like a 10, nine, 10 month program or something. You go and um, you take classes and basically they teach you how to produce, like write your own commercials, produce them, kind of like some of the equipment you probably use. Well, like, get to work, um, dude. I don't. And I then, just don't uh, know how to use this shit. And then we like had to learn how to like basically have a radio show. So we would go into a studio, and it would either be country or rock. I think were like the options, and we would do like two or three hours. That like at the end of school, that's what we did. Was nice. like we had our own radio show, and they they told mm -hmm. me that I I would probably be good in like more of a rock market. I just didn't want to do radio. I wanted to do TV, and in St. Louis, it was really hard to get into TV, but. Luckily, somebody that I knew through school introduced me to somebody that knew somebody. And so I did an internship for a TV show for, for a broadcast company um, in St. Louis. They were downtown called, I think it was Cool Fire is what their name was. And they produced this show for the Cardinals called The Cardinals Insider. Mm -hmm. And Rick Horton was the host. And so they let me, I mean, I did it for free, but it was good experience. So I worked in the office and I digitized and, and things like that some things for them and kind of their office manager was out on maternity leave. So I worked there for a little bit and then they let me do like a little um, segment on the show called the sea of red. And so I went and interviewed Cardinals fans and did you only do it that one time? I did it for a season. I was going to say, I thought yeah. you did a bunch of them. So I did a few of them. Yeah. Just to kind of get my, um, my chops. resume. And then I was, we had talked about me maybe working there full time and stuff, but I really, I just, I wanted to go out into the action sports world. So yeah. somebody I met through them <clears throat> that worked at Fox, like Fox two, uh, they knew somebody with ESPN and got me in the X games. And so I went to the X games as a production assistant and actually ended up getting paid. Um, I think the first year I might've had to pay my travel, but they put me up and they paid. And then that just kind of got my foot in the door and I worked, um, eventually I ended up working with the talent. And what I realized when I worked with the talent is I, I liked doing everything behind the scenes because being the talent you had, let's face it, you have to be beautiful and you have to be skinny and you have to be like, check, check. Well, I didn't feel like I was quite in, in that category for action sports at that time. I'm just, I'm flat chested. I, I don't, it just didn't seem like it was my, now we're talking about your boobs, my thing. Well, it just wasn't my, I don't know. I didn't feel comfortable. And, um, but I really, I didn't want that pressure, but I liked helping in the background. Right. And so that was kind of my niche. I found doing, um, the, more of the production and the, the event production side. So that got my foot <clears> in the door. And then I did a 10 years worth of travel doing event production, mostly action sports. I, I did get to do what I wanted to do. And I, I worked every action sports event that I wanted to, except for one. That's okay. And, um, got to travel and I don't know. I just, um, got you out of the, the speaking part of it. You still do have a good speaking voice though. Like you speak oh. clearly in inflection and all that stuff. I'm a professional. Oh, okay. So I, I mean, we learned a lot about that, the enunciating and stuff. And I remember I wanted to get rid of this Missouri accent. Right. It's very nasally. Yeah. 
Farty far. Yeah. What? So, that, I, I noticed <laughs> that on that Pam Hub thing. I fucking accent oh, so yeah. ugly. It's not as bad as Boston, but that's bad. Yeah. Well, living in California and hanging with all Mexicans and then going to and then coming back here and then going to Arizona and hanging with Mexicans and then like country for a few years there people were like, Where the fuck are you from? I'm like, I don't know, everywhere. But yeah, you you seem to do it. And you know what else you do? <clears throat> you read aloud, like so if um let's say we're going to oh, we went to Blue Man Group one time and like I don't know if you did it on this specific occasion but like you'll pull the thing up on your phone and you'll read the whole thing to me and i know you just like to read so i don't i don't really fuck with you too bad about it but you'll read this whole thing and i'm like fucking i get it you know but you i just know you like to read so it's something and then like when you read with the kids and stuff you can tell that you're doing your broadcasting thing but you also can read very well and speak clearly so it's funny to hmm. watch you do it I did not, and I don't. I don't think I do that on purpose. I think that does just come naturally. And You're with just a reading, I like to know. Uh, I know I like to know about the subject I'm reading about. So I'm not like really a skim read. I mean, I can be a skim reader, but I like to read it all to kind of yeah to learn. Maybe I'm a skim reader. I'm not even a reader. I should be though. But like punctuation and things yeah. are really important to me. I don't like things spelled wrong, pronounced wrong. Even even if I'm not saying it in front of anybody who would get offended i just no no i, know. I don't know it is important to me well I guess. in your line of work things well, need yeah. to be correct too. i've always been in the medical field too and you, yeah. you, you know you're not supposed to i think that's a pretty good place to kind of make sure things are spelled correctly what else do we have anything else we're just kind of checking in i played golf i shot like shit but i made some i made some adjustments that and i don't play a lot so it was all a win to me but <clears throat> then we went and hung over at the cabins and had some good dinner and that's a weekend wrap people that's about it another week at work and practice and yeah all that other stuff i got another few more weeks of baseball and then that's over for the season because uh, not going to postseason this year folks no. not the cardinals that's it for october huh so that's yeah bittersweet um, it's going to be nice to have extra time, especially now when the kids are so busy with all their sports, yeah. not having to miss anything, but yeah. I will be missing that extra paycheck for sure. <laughs> well, you're going to have to get another job in the meantime. <laughs> all right, man. We just want to come check in. What do you have in the crock pot right now? That oh, I'm about shoot. To go yeah. We got to go eat that. We've got, um, it's like a pumpkin cobbler. That's it. Cobbler. cobbler. Yeah. But doesn't cobbler have to have like fruit pieces in it? Did you chop up no, apples? No, ew, no. Well, the the pumpkin. A cobbler, I thought. Well, I don't know. I've no, I've made chicken cobbler before, and there's no um, that's what it's called, Ugh. and there's no fruit in that. That sounds gross. You so eat this it is all a pumpkin time. cake. Um, kind of. I like, try to tell these people about eating healthy, and I well, normally do, but yeah, it's some it's weekends. Yeah, weekend. We've we've been working really hard. Today's the first day I haven't worked out in probably two weeks. I can't yeah. believe it. We were gonna go for a walk and. We didn't. Life. We'll get back at it tomorrow. I'm all right with the, because we have been hitting it pretty hard lately. Yeah. So we needed a little. So we're going to have a go, go even, eat a piece of pumpkin cobbler. But even for our, our wedding and cupcakes and, and wedding cake and all that, we still killed it, didn't we? Well, Saturday we worked morning? out. Oh, yeah. I had a really we hard had a workout. Saturday, right? Yesterday morning. Yeah. Do you think people should figure out a way to, um, like, do physical fitness with their partners? 
Like, do you like it or do you hate it when I'm down here with you? No, it doesn't bother me at all. Like, I used to want to work out with you because I always thought I wanted a running partner. But when I realized when we did run together, we didn't run together because you run a lot faster than me. And I always got the vibe, you much rather work out by yourself. And it doesn't, we do different style yeah. workouts. So I don't like ever want to be in your way because I like to, not for a vain thing, but I do like to work out in front of the mirror. I like to see my form and everything, which is right by his punching bag. So sometimes I feel like I'm in the way. And now that you've gotten me used to using the barbell for some of my moves, mm. I know you use it. So I feel like, no, I love it when we're both down here. I think I do too. it's an awesome vibe. I just feel like sometimes I'm in your way because I have the TV on. <laughs> no, if I <clears throat> like if I'm going to get on the bar, I might mention something to you. Like, are you using it today? But generally, if you're down here before me, I can like work around and find something yeah. else to do. So like besides hitting the bag, but I'm I'm just like. I'm just so proud that you're always down here and it motivates me so much that I'm like, I would rather her just stay down there. You know what I mean? So I can yeah. come over and do something else on the side or make fun of you and the dog and stuff while we're all down here together. So yeah. I, no, I, I like it. I don't mind. Well, and, and my workout is pretty much always when I get up in the morning, you know, yeah, on, you're a freak. on weekdays, I get up at five 30 and, I try to get down here by six and then on the weekend, you know, it's whenever I wake up. So it's not like, yeah, usually you work out either in the morning, you know, your mornings are a lot different than mine yeah. most of the time. But no, I think, I think it's awesome that we work out together. I, I love our, I love our gym. I like it. The, my favorite part of the day. Usually me too. Then the rest of the day is a little easier. Yeah. Once you got the hard work out of the way. Mm -hmm. it's a little and then easier. you don't feel as bad about eat now the pumping pumpkin cobbler thing like when the kids are here they like to have their desserts i got them some cookies and stuff they you know they like to make dessert and like we all have we all in this house have a sweet tooth but i try not to buy things like that but like it's pump you know it's fall season everybody's talking about their pumpkin stuff we're not going and getting all those pumpkin drinks and that's a ton of calories that people do like we're gonna have a little bit of cobbler and then the kids are gonna come home and they're probably gonna eat it all tomorrow so. i might have a lot of cobbler i'm not sure <laughs> I should go check on it so it doesn't burn. All right, you get out of here. I'm going to sign off. <laughs> Say bye. Bye. Peace out. <laughs> That's the wife, dude. I'm going to have her on here a lot. I, you know, and I've I've thought about it, and we have talked about it a couple of times. Like, hey, you want to go podcast? And she's like, well, about what? And so I, don't, I just never really, I don't know. I didn't think she would be that into it. Um, it's kind of my little thing that I do, and I just didn't know, but. I just mentioned something tonight just a few minutes ago, like, hey, when are you going to podcast with me? And she's like, when do you want to do it? And so I'm like, let's just go downstairs and talk for a little while. So I like having her on. She's uh, I'm one of those nerds where she's actually my better half. But, you know, that's the way it's got to be. I'm happy it's that way. So, all right, I'm going to go eat some. Uh, what did she just say? Oh, pumpkin cobbler. I don't like the word cobbler, so I'm going to call it a cake. But either way. You guys be cool, man. Be nice and be happy and or try your best anyway to be happy and do something nice for somebody and uh, stay on the straight and narrow and just, you know, try to do good things, man. That's what <clears throat> that's what we're all trying to do. So keep at it. Appreciate you guys listening and all your comments and likes and downloads and all that. We're 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 taking off slowly but surely and uh, I'm still learning and, and going with the flow, but still having fun. So. Thanks a lot, and we'll talk to you guys soon. See ya.